This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Yes, it is the Subway to Shea podcast. Anthony Rivera here with you talking about all the news and happening surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets from the Subway to Shea studios in my office. Episode 115 is here. I've been under the weather the last couple of weeks, but I am back and running again. Huge thank you to Greg Prince from Faith and Fear and Flushing blog and the National League Town podcast. We took a deep dive into the careers of Doc and Darrow as they get set to have their numbers raised to the rafters at City Field next season. Make sure to give Greg a follow on Twitter slash X at Greg underscore Prince. This week is another special episode. Before we go back to the daily grind of the 2023 Mets as they finish out their season, we go from the 80s to my favorite decade and where my love for baseball and the New York Mets all started. As you all know, I started watching baseball in the late 90s, uh, 1998 to be exact, and those teams, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, have a special place in my heart. I've had Bobby Valentine on, as well as Glendon Rush, and most recently Turk Wendell. Today's guest is also a member of the 2000 National. National League Championship team, and in 2021, he was inducted into the Mets Hall of Fame. Welcome to the Subway to Shea podcast for the very first time, Edgardo Alfonso. Edgardo, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, Anthony, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm, I'm really good. Thank you for having me today. I'm doing well, and I'm so happy to have you on. Uh, let's let's get right into it. 12-year Major League career. Uh, you batted 284, 146 <clears throat> home runs, 744 RBIs. You had eight-year career with the Mets, uh, 292. Two batting average, had 120 home runs, 538 RBIs, 45 stolen bases, and walked 458 times. Uh, you joined the Mets as an undrafted free agent in 1991, and you made your major league debut in 1995. Uh, you put in all that hard work for over four years in the minors. What do you remember most about getting the call to the majors and making your debut with the Mets? Well, you, you hit it right on, man. I mean, I don't even know I have those numbers in minor leagues. And uh, and uh, it, it was a great, great, great experience for me uh, playing the, in the minor league. So, you know, 1991 was my, my first year with the Mets. And uh, uh, 17 years old, come from Venezuela, uh, tried to um, to adapt myself to different cultures. And, uh, you know, walking through um, to the Mets, uh, clubhouse it was like you know 200 people there you know from AAA to the rookie league I had to share locker with my one of my my uh, my, my my friends and then um you know it's it's, it's like uh I, I say I said inside of myself I say you know what um I think this is going to be a great competition I mean great competition try to do my best and uh you know which one I did I did um I played through my uh minor league uh try to be better every every year learn as much as I can um Work so hard to you know to to always get better. I never I never you know I was I would like to do a little bit every day to learn because it's something that, that you you want to do. It's something that you you choose for your life and play baseball. Um, and then I remember in 1994 when um we played in Double A and begin to Double A, we won the championship that year. We have a great team. We have a Paul for Inringhauser, Paul Wilson, uh, Ricky Otero, Ray Ordonez, uh, uh. 
wow, what's what's a lot of guy? What, what's a lot of guy there? I don't I don't stop in my head. I don't have them all, all all everybody. But um, John Camargo was the manager. We won the championship next next year. They they uh they uh they put me in the forty man roster. <clears throat> so do you remember 1944, 1994 was uh one of the years the strike was hit again. Yep. So I think they um what they did they spanned the roster from from twenty five to twenty eight I believe because that year so I, I came to spring trainer and then um you know I, I was there with uh I think it was three guys a Potiphar, uh Ricky Otero and myself uh and the big league camp by then so um you know I, I, I play everywhere uh, I was doing like utility guy uh Dallas Green was the manager I remember that um he was uh, he was a great 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 guy he told me you know hey listen I like the way you play I know you're playing Venezuela blah 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 you know and then um I remember when when the when they get close to um to break the camp um Dave Phillips was talking to my agent so my agent was telling me then then they want me to play they want me to play every day so uh what I think if he if I go to AAA to play every day and the other side was Dallas Green want me to uh go with him to uh the big leagues so I wasn't like you know between like like and then they asked me what do you want i say you kidding <laughs> you kidding i don't have a lot of plays a triple eight every day i go on, i go on the big leagues without with dollar was saying i i don't i don't promise you're gonna play every day but i i do promise that every ch- every chance that i have to put you in you're gonna be there so you know i end i, I end up when um when dollar told me hey you're ready to play in new york i say dallas i was waiting for this in my whole life i mean i play I played in Venezuela like in Caracas, Magallanes. That was really pressure because they uh, they rivals in Winterball. And he said, "Oh yeah, yes, right. You you guys playing in Caracas is is, is really is really tough play play there." I said, yeah, and I can play in New York. So so when he told me, "Hey, welcome to New York," uh, I was like, "Oh my God!" That was uh, I was take I was taking batting practice by then. And he told me that he called me on the side in the batting practice. Say, "Listen, already we already talked." And uh, welcome to New York. You know, say, so, oh my God. So you know, that was that was a great uh, uh, one of the the words you you always want to hear. You know, when you play baseball. Growing up, getting to the major leagues this year. You know, we have the the baby Mets as they're 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 called. Mm-hmm. Uh, Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, uh, Mark Vientos, most recently Ronnie Mauricio. They're trying to make their way to the, be in this team. You know, permanently on this roster for years to come. With with what you went through, what advice would you give to them? You know, especially during times of struggle and and you know needing to adjust to you know this culture of now being in the major league mm-hmm. what advice would you give to them um you know what it's same thing when it's same thing happened when in 1995 96 uh the Mets was uh, kind of a little struggling they try to build a team the competitive team and then and then I think I think the 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 talent is there they, they those guy and and many many guys in the minor league have tremendous talent I think one of the things they they have to deal with is is you know because now they have all the pressure, you know, because people want to see to see the big leagues, and and they're trying to do it too much. I I, I talked to uh, talked to Alvarez, you know, Alvarez is a good good kid, and and I told him and told him, listen, I mean, don't try to put pressure on yourself because it's gonna be worse. You're gonna you're gonna try to do too much, then you're gonna do end that nothing. So um so so you know just 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 come down. I know it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of people, a lot of demand for you guys because uh, the team wanna wanna you know start playing better, but. I think what what they need to do is just just calm down 
take day by day. Uh, don't don't put too much pressure on themselves. Try to do it whatever they, whatever works in the minor league for them. Just try to apply in the big leagues, you know. And and uh, because sometimes when you get the called up and and you join the big league, you wanna you wanna hit it two two you know one swing two home runs. Uh, you know it's it's hard to do that. I mean you have to go step by step, and then you know this is take it as a team. Everybody has to do the job, and sometimes. They don't think that way. They think they have to do it. And um, I'm so happy for them because I think it's going to be the, the future for the Mets, along with the few pictures they have in the minor leagues. And 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 uh, and and that's always good to see the farm uh, get a get a great players and, and and put it in the big leagues. I think it's uh, it's going to be a, a great experience. It's going to be a great day, a great uh, time for the Mets uh, and to come. And then um, I'm so I'm, I'm so happy. I think it's going to be very great for them. Yeah, it's nice to see even with the four of them. Bro- brought up that the Mets are still investing and trying to make this farm system a whole lot better. Uh, Back to, you know, when you came up, you know, right around the end of 1996, the Mets brought in Bobby Valentine to manage. Until this day, he's my favorite manager. Uh, A two-part question here for you. What did Bobby or what does Bobby Valentine mean to you and how was he able to instill a winning culture into the players? I think Bobby, when Bobby was, uh, was named as a manager in 96, I believe, uh, he came from Japan. Uh, his mentality was completely changed the whole, the whole system. Um, he's a, he's a guy that, that if you play for Bobby, you get to love him. If you play against Bobby, you want to kill it. You, you want to kill Bobby because, you know, but, but that's the way it is. Um, I think Bobby did a tremendous job with uh, trying to build the team to create a, a winning culture. Uh, to me, he was uh, like you say one of my favorite too because um, he um, he was straight up. Uh, he talked to you. He um, he let you play, and 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 he always. He, he always there. He always the front uh, for any anything happening in the in the stadium. He was there for a reporter. He was there to defend the players. And I think that that that's, uh, that make you your job more easy. You know, I don't say those guys right now they don't do it, but I mean uh, I, I can spot by by Bobby because I play with him. So um, he he was he was tremendous. I think he's uh, he's he's a smart guy. Um, he's New York New York guy, and then he know how to, how to handle stuff in New York. And um, to me, I think it was one of the great times or one of the great managers that I would play for. And he like started that huge change. And in 1998, everything changed. And the Mets went to another level, acquiring all-star catcher Mike Piazza. Now I asked Bobby this when I interviewed him and his answer was interesting. I asked him what the trade for Piazza initially meant to him in the clubhouse. And he said initially it was a major headache because the Mets, you know, they still had Todd Hundley who was working his way back from an injury. Todd was a star in his own right. At the time, he had the most home runs in a single season for the Mets and, and he was coming into his own but he was coming off injury I think 97 towards 98 kind of knocked him out a little bit and then the Mets went in they made the trade for Piazza I'm going to ask you the same question from a player perspective what did the trade for Mike Piazza initially mean to you well you know when when when, the, when all the rumors started coming um you know we always talking we always talking in the stretch inside say listen when we see Mike here and then we believe right now I don't I don't believe anything but uh, I think I think when when Mike came to um, to the Meta organization, he made huge impact on on the team. Uh, he changed the lineup completely, and then you know superstar. I think my Mike was uh, handled that pretty well, and, and uh, you know we just we just we just 
we just you know make made the team you know I don't I don't I don't say we was playing bad or whatever but I think make the team better you know better feeling and 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 you know let's compete more because and now you know when they started making making moves and stuff like that they you get the feeling then they try to do something you know the owner try to do something for the team so let, let, let's you know let, let's put a little extra I think when Mike came it was it was like that uh we we, we started play better the lineup started looking much better and then and uh that was a huge impact for 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 the team for the city and you guys really <clears throat> complemented each other well whether it was uh you know it was you uh John Olerud Piazza or you know you Piazza Ventura hitting after each other it was just a nice well-rounded uh lineup at the time um Piazza comes in and with the other additions, I mentioned um, Robin Ventura as well to the roster. You guys made the postseason in back-to-back years. It's for the first time in franchise history. Not even the, the 80s teams were able to do that, but you guys did it, 99-2000. And this is another question that I asked Bobby when I talked with him. I asked him because obviously the 2000 team is the team that went to the World Series. But I asked what team was better, the 99 Mets or the 2000 Mets? So I'm going to ask you the same question. What yeah. team was better in your eyes the 99 or the 2000 Mets I think it I think 99 was more complete I think the 99 was a strong team and then you know cuz cuz we got more 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 uh, veteran guys more uh, experienced guy and and uh and then that's what I that's what I see that's what I feel and 2000 2000 if you see our, our line of 2000 start all the way in Japan um you you have you have Peyton you have Apayane you have uh uh I think Ricky was there uh Hamilton Derek Bell and starting pitching, you know, starting pitching was, it was, you know, I think, I think the year before uh, 99, I think we had a really, really uh, a strong team. Um, you know, when, when I remember, I mean, the, the lineup that we have, Piazza, it was, it was, it was either Timo Perez, right? Uh, it was me, Piazza, Ventura, no, me, no, Timo, me, Oleru, Piazza, Ventura, just just like that, you know. So I know all other was there in 2000. 2000 was top seal, and that was great uh, chemistry. I think I think uh, we we just you know the thing about about that team in 2000. We talked to Bobby Valentine. Bobby Bobby, we tell him we tell me and Timo and the guy and you know we tell him, hey listen, this is how we're gonna play. We don't. I mean, I gotta tell Timo. When we're gonna do hit and run and stuff like that without signs, so don't worry about signs and stuff like that because we're gonna play the game. And you know, he said play it, and that was something that then we did then really helped uh, a lot because um, I think I think my job was set the table the table for Piazza. You know, when team will get on base and, and try to you know try to hit and run, put in third, first and third. And Piazza come base it, Adri, you know, stuff like that. So, so it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Either, either you know, Ventura, Seal uh, was on right on Bell, uh, Derek Bell was it was it was great great chemistry in 2010. But I believe that the 99 was it was a really strong team. You had great postseason, uh, both years. Batted 299, uh, four home runs, 22 RBIs. So many big playoff moments in those two years. The home run in the wild card game. You got the entire 1999 uh, NLDS against the Diamondbacks. My personal favorite in 2000, because I attended that game, was game three against the Giants. Uh, to tie the game up in the eighth inning with two outs, led all the way to Benny Agbayani's game-winning home run in the 13th. Which moment that you were a part of, that you could created do you look back on and say you know man i i wish i could do that one again (laughs) 
yeah, when you look back, you say, wow, man, I did what I have to do, you know? Um, I remember that game. That game was one uh, of the best closer in the game, rough man. <clears throat> rough man with San Francisco. He, and then and then the following year, and like two years later, I played with him in San Francisco. He said, hey, you son of a bitch, I hate you. He told me that. I said, why, man? And then, and then but, but it was fun. I mean, I think I think, I think this, this year was, was tremendous. So, I don't know. People ask me about why. Uh, why uh, I just... I, uh, I hate I hate a lot. Uh, I got a, a pretty good clutch hit in playoff. I say I don't know I don't know what it is. I think it's uh, concentrate a little more, be more patient in the home play, something like that. And and that was that was that was you know when you're locked in and you have all this confidence. I think I think all come together. So I think I did that and and helped me a lot. Uh, you know to create uh, the momentum for the guys behind me and and um, and that was a great feeling. I mean if you have to do it again, I will do it. You know and 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 then you know send my set the, the tone for, for, for the guys behind me because I was always like that I always like to um, I mean be a, a team player and, and and you know just 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 enjoy every day what I do so what I was doing by then in 2000 you made the all-star team along with uh, Mike and Al Leiter but Mike you know he got beamed in the head from Roger Clemens so he missed it it was like a week before what was it like getting that news that that you were going to be an all-star Tell you what, man, that was uh, one of the dream come true. Because because when you play in the big in the in the big leagues, uh, you want a few you you want to do a few things. You know, you want to you want to either either uh, get into the All Star game and go into the uh, go into the World Series. Those those two dreams came in one year. So you know uh, that was that was when 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 I received the news, I said, wow, man, I'm so happy. Thank God for that. And and then you know I think the 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 '99 I have better year at the end of the year. I mean I I know the All Star the All Star voting is like what you do in the first half and the problem was then I always have a low start in the first couple of months I was started really really slow in 2000 I started pretty good and and uh, you know now now the situation is hey you should go is it gonna call you whatever what is it so when the, my agent told me that and the team told me that I was so so happy so, I mean that was something the uh, dream come true also in 2000 in the subway series it felt like it had much more <clears throat> meaning those years right both teams were in contention obviously the Yankees are coming off of their their dynasty run the Mets are coming off of a, a couple of great years back-to-back playoffs when the Subway World Series came up in 2000 did it feel any different of other times that you played the Yankees and and just how was that experience being around New York at that time I was you know it was I was nervous I was nervous in the beginning. Uh, when you was when 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 we find out, then then we're gonna play against the Yankees because we already we already beat the I think the uh, the San Luis Garden. It was San Luis or or San Francisco. It, it, I think we faced San Francisco first and then San Luis. Yes, the other way around. San Francisco first yeah. in the division series, then the Cardinals. Yeah. So when when we when we beat the Cardinals, I think at home, and then. We don't even know who we're gonna play against. So you know, find out then. Then Yankees won. So the series come to New York. It's gonna be the Subway Series in New York. Then one of the biggest plays in in the whole world. Uh, and then it's gonna be Mets Yankees, two two New York team. So when I heard that, I told my wife, listen, I I cannot eat. I feel dizzy. I feel everything. And then and that was that was something that was something. Then then I. Oh my God! I was I was waiting for this moment. My whole career now I'm nervous. What the heck? 
that was mentally in my house. I was I was like in my house thinking that way. And then, you know, I have a little 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 growing issue by then because I remember playing in San San Luis. I, I I pulled a little bit my my, my groin and I told Bobby I told Bobby Valentine, I said, Listen, I have a little bit, you know, issue with my groin. I don't know what we're gonna do because I wanna play this. I wanna you know and then when we started when we started working out in this in, in Shea Stadium, you know, everything was like like you know, everything went down and I feel good. You know, that was more mentally than anything. I say, oh my God, we're going to play against the Yankees and New York. So the city is going to stop. That's unbelievable. You know, that was a great feeling after that. And then to me, it was uh, one of the great experiences in baseball ever playing, playing the World Series against the Yankees in New York. Once again, I'm here with Mets Hall of Famer, 2000 National League champion, <clears throat> Edgardo Alfonso. Edgardo, we linked up on Instagram through a post I made with a clip of you hitting a home run off of John Rocker in a big spot, just saying how clutch of a player you were. And it's true. I mean, it really is. Outside of Mike Piazza, who you always wanted up no matter what, anytime I think of a big hit needed in a clutch position, I always think and I always wanted Edgardo Alfonso at the plate we talked a little bit about this earlier did your approach at the plate in these crucial moments like this did they did it change uh at all uh what was going through your mind during those at bats that's a good question because um you know I think I would say I get a little more um more patient concentrate a little more um try to get a, a uh, my pitch to hit and then and then you know i think i think when 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 you when you like that you lock in and 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 go for it so my 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 philosophy was always try to think about middle away that way you don't open quick that way you stay through it inside and then and then when i was doing that the right way i think it was working pretty good i mean i have a, i have a tom Robson who was one of the, one of the best uh, hitting coach i ever had he, he showed me how to how to use my power and everything and uh and then i always tell him yo he always yo, every time i go into the home play i look up to him and he he remind me hey i want you hey i want to remember remember so when he does stuff like that, I know what to mean because we're working on that. But um, I think a little concentrate a little more, uh, be more patient, and uh, and uh, you know just believe then 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 I can I can do the job because um, because uh, I, I work so hard to do it it's for for that you know and and I think it works pretty good. At uh, Tom Robson, a uh, uh, hitting coach for the Mets, uh, Bobby Valentine always talked glowingly about him, um, especially <laughs> during the time that I I got to interview him. Uh, we go mm-hmm. to after winning. Uh, getting to the World Series, uh, we go to 2001, and you know we're right around the anniversary of of 9/11. I always remember there's this video of you, Bobby, John Franco, and the rest of the team, you know, helping in the parking lot uh, with mm-hmm. the disaster relief. Uh, you know what? I don't want to say what was going through your mind because it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. It was a really tough time. How did you guys rally together? Uh, you know, as a team to kind of get through this. One, help the community, which you guys did. You know, you guys visited firehouses and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. Helped with disaster relief. Come together actually as a team because you still had to play the rest of the season. And you know, just even rally around the fans. Yeah, um, that was really really hard. I mean, that was something. Then, then I think any human being should should feel bad for that because that was so sad what happened in New York um 
And then, you know, when I remember when we came from, from Pittsburgh to, uh, we was playing, we, we played, I think the couple of days before we played in, in Florida and then we flew to Pittsburgh and then, and then we had to move out of, out of the hotel where we staying. We had to go to the, I think it was Ramada or something uh, uphill. And then, you know, when they say, uh, all the games here in, in, in Pittsburgh got canceled. So we got to go back to New York. Uh, we, we, uh, we dropped down and we take a bus down to New York because, uh, can fly by then. And then when you walk to, uh, when, when you, when, when you hit the, the, the Washington bridge, um, and you saw the smoke coming from the ground zero, that was, that was, that was a moment of silence. I mean, everybody was like, oh my God, how many people die? How many families, you know? It was it was so sad. So when we got to the ballpark, and then and then I remember Franco Leiter and and uh, all the big guy, uh, um, Bobby Bobby B, Piazza. They too. We got to do something, man, about this because. It's, and then we all get together. And then we, you know, they they tell, hey, listen, can we give um, one of those our pay paydays to the family? So no problem. I mean, you know, um, and then we got to help. We got to help. We got to make groups. People going to the ground zero and people stay here, but we're gonna help. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do our part. So when that, when that start, when we started doing it, I mean, you cannot say no because we, a group of guy, uh, staying in in Shea Stadium, doing, doing, you know, helping them out with the with waters, with stuff, you know, unload the truck, put it back on it. Some guys went to the to the ground zero. Some guy ground zero. Some guy went to uh, you know fire fire department, uh, police department. So you know, it's try to try to lift it up. I know it's, it was hard, but you know, show them the support for what I did because that was that was really a true hero. And believe me, I thought I thought that the season was over by then. I I, I say how are we gonna? Play? I mean, everybody was like sad, you know, really really down because how are we gonna play, man? I mean, you know, thinking about those people love. Uh, who lost uh, their loved one, <clears throat> and then and then I remember the the president Butch said, you know, baseball had to continue. We had to we had to keep going, keep playing, and say, you know what, I think it's great, and then let's do it. So it was more and more more exciting when we everybody had they had with different departments and stuff like that. Say, wow, this is amazing. So and when you walk to the field, that was like, oh you got shield a little bit in your body because when you walk to the field, you saw the fans behind you. And, you know, besides you're going to play against the Braves. So when they started cheering, you know, USA, 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 it's like motivation. It's like, wow, that's they, 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 it's something that, that you want to do for them. And then to me, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a great experience. Um, you know, try to, try to change their mentality for uh, at least for, for, for a few hours. Uh, try to enjoy life for a few hours. I know they went through a lot of stuff and then, you know, being, being the player, that's all you can do. There's so many Mets moments, Mets in, in Mets history, uh, games, important games, playoffs and all that, that game at Shea Stadium, the first game back after 9-11 at Shea Stadium has to be uh, one of the top five, possibly top three moments uh, in, in the franchise's history. Just the whole night, right? You know, you start off with yeah. the ceremony, the honoring of every all the fallen, then the 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 hugging and the shaking of the hands with the Braves. Uh, I thought it was a great moment, and then obviously the the big one. You walk in the eighth inning to set up Mike Piazza, who hit probably the most important home run I think in franchise history. I mean, just yeah. given the surrounding and what had happened, that was probably the most important home 
home run uh, in franchise history. I mean, you were at first base at the time. Just walk us through that that whole experience. You know, I think that was a great, great at bat with, uh, I think, Lackey. Uh, I don't remember the pitcher. It was uh, the guy. The guy was throwing pretty good lacking words or something like that. I don't remember. Like, okay, that that guy. Um, so. You know, I, I, I try to be the hero. You know, I try to do it, but I just try to do, just make something happen. And then finally got the walk. And then, you know, where's, who else you want to, you want in the home play in that situation, you know? And we, we did many, many times. And, and, you know, a few years, few years, uh, back to us, few years, you want, everybody want my, my Piazza. So thank God. And I walk, Mike, uh, when, when I see the ball went, went out of the field, I was like, oh my God, I was just, uh, you know, it can be not, nothing can be better than this. You know, and that was a great moment. You know, when team, I saw my uh, around the base and people crying, and, and the stadium was jumping all over the place. And then that was that was like that was something, that was something else. I mean, I mean, you just you just wow. You know, at least we win this game against the Braves, and people thinking about for the moment about about this game and let the let, let what happened in New York for for a few hours. But that was that was something that was something that you never forget. I mean, I never forget that. Uh, the game you had one more season with the Mets um it was kind of a bounce back year in 2002 mm. for you I, I I couldn't remember and maybe you can remind me but 2001 were you dealing with a back injury at the time I have a, I have a little 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 issues in my back but but uh you know I was dealing with uh I was dealing with um I feel you know it was days that feel good and this day then they feel a little stiff and it was uh it was uh really helped me doing my my best with the swing and then that's what happened little back issues but so you know i think uh with the time i was uh because because remember that i got three years uh getting more than 500 at bats and then and that was a lot you know even though i, I work on it all season you know get stronger and stuff like that but still um and then and then that was that was kind of a little a little issue for me and 2001. 2002 was your final season, like I said before, 308 batting average, 16 home runs, 58 RBIs. That season, kind of comparable to what we're seeing with the Mets this season. There was a lot of, you know, hype going into that team. And the same thing with these this team, although the Mets have spent a way lot more money on, on what's going on right now. Um, mm-hmm. What was it like in the clubhouse for that your final season because there was a lot of changes right you know Ventor was gone Zeal was gone they replaced them they brought in Alomar they brought in um Mo Vaughn Jeremy Bernitz and, and it just it, it, it didn't work out it didn't seem like the team was clicking together you didn't have any problem going back from from second to third right I know initially when Ventor came you went to second base, but then now going back to third base, was there any, you know, issues for you having to do that? You always seem like, you know, the professional where, you know, you just put me wherever and I just want to play. Um, you know, I could have, I could have, I could have stayed in second base because, uh, you know, I, I made my numbers there or whatever, but you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm the guy who would like to, uh, whatever's better for the team, I, I will do it, you know, make the, the team better. So they tell me when, when they have a chance to, to sign Robbie Ventura and I uh, was playing third base and, you know, I, I signed the shortstop. I signed as a shortstop in the minor league. I play, I play into double A my first half of the season, double A as a shortstop. And they, they signed Ordonez. Ray Ordonez came. So they moved me to second base because they know I can play second base. So, so when I went to the big leagues, I play all three positions, uh, a second, short, and, and, and third base. So, um, 
when they they told me they had the chance to sign Robert Ventura, and I say the team is going to be better with him. So would you be able to play second base? I say no, no problem. I go into second base, you know. And I went to second base, and then you know we did what we did, and we went through through, through everything, World Series, and everything. Now they they had the chance to sign Robbie Alomar. I say, well, Robbie, I, I like Robbie personally. He's a great player. Let's get back to third base. So you go. I got no problem. So you know, like I say, when that team, uh, when, when whatever makes easy for the team, uh, going to be a better team with uh, me doing and stuff like that. I will do it. That's why I always tell the guys in this day, I say, listen, your sign is the one position, but, you know, always play around because you don't know what you're going to need. You see what happened with Maurizio. Maurizio is a short stop, but you're going to put Maurizio in front of Alden Door? No. So you, you got to play another position. So, you know, it's something then, then I always tell the guys in the minor league, listen, if you're short stop, don't be afraid to take your ground balls in second base and third base and uh, everywhere. Because you don't know when they're gonna need you, and, they, and if you only play one position, you're gonna be screwed. So <clears throat> when I saw that, and I saw the movement that they, they, it was making in 2000, 2002, and then you know it's, it was it was kind of really hard. I don't want to leave. I don't want. I want to stay in New York, I, even though I was negotiating with the, with the team and telling, listen, I don't want to go. I want to stay here. I want to finish my career here in New York. But you know, I was business, and then and then you know they decided not to sign me, and I went to San Francisco. 2014. You know, you started your coaching career with the Brooklyn Cyclones, mm-hmm. became manager in 2017, won the New York Penn League Championship in 2019. <clears throat> how was that transition from player to manager like for you? And how did you bring what you learned in your career on the field to the bench? You know, to me, it was easy because when I when I when I was playing, when I was playing baseball, uh, I always I always like to help uh, the players. You know, I try to help it. Um, and and I think I think to me it was easy because when I I, I retired I spent a little time home and then I click I, I I turned the click I I turned the switch really really quick you know um, I always like to help players and I remember my first year that's what I do I try to more mentally talk to them let them prepare for what they're gonna do because. Cause you're a kid. I mean, I remember I, I saw this kid when I was 17 years old. You know, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do everything at once. No, stay by stay. Learn, learn the 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 what you need to learn to get better. And then that's what I I, I like to to you know to um, to, to to translate to those kids. And Brooklyn, when game situations, I know the the the, um, uh, the college guy, the draft guy, come to to Brooklyn, and that was really really hard time because. They they one of the best player in the college. When they come into Brooklyn, they're gonna you're gonna face the best player. The whole the, you know Latin American American is tough, and sometimes they get frustrated because they thought they're gonna have a success and 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 pro baseball than what they did in, in college. That's when you gotta start to talk to them and say, listen, this is pro. Um, you're gonna you know here things work a little bit different here. You're gonna have a you know you're gonna play every day. You're gonna do this, and you know you gotta prepare those guys to um to uh, to play pro and then to me it was uh, something that I really enjoy and, and, and I like to do it I like to do it you know just talk to them I go through what I did I go through my situation mentally and physically and uh, tell them what you guys come here for it said it you know I know you're going to enjoy the time whatever but you know just uh, your responsibility what is your first responsibility here in the state or here with the organization so you know things like that 2021 we go to and you take your rifle place with a lot lot of Mets legends and and you became a member of the Mets Hall of Fame. How did you first hear about being inducted and what was just that entire day like for you? Uh, that was uh, during the pandemic, man. When 
when pandemic hit, um, and then in nineteen, in twenty nineteen, then then they don't wanna, they don't, they don't, uh, I don't uh, sign him back as a coach with the Mets. Um, <clears throat> you know, I was uh, kind of sat at home, uh, frustrated, and and you know, just uh, pandemic and everything was, you know. And then one time I was watching TV with my wife, and uh, I think Jeff Jeff Wilpon called me up, and I said, well, why do you guys call me up? I don't know. So you know, I called me up. And then when he told me, he told me I'm being inducted to the Mets Hall of Fame, and I, I started crying. I was crying, and I, you know, I told my wife, I said, what happened? What happened? I said, no, no, nothing. And then I tell him, you know, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And then, you know, and then when I told my wife, she said, oh, my God, thank you. You know, I say, <laughs> you know, there's something that everybody in New York asked me if yeah, I'm, I'm a, I was already in the, the Met Hall of Fame. I said, no, I don't make that call. I'm crazy. I don't, I don't know. And uh, until that moment, um, you know, what come true. That was that was uh, that was a great news that I received. You know, be part of a Met Hall of Fame. It was well deserved, uh, and uh, you know, congratulations uh, on being a part of that yeah. that whole group. A lot of your teammates were there, but one that I was really happy to see that I hadn't seen since he left the Mets at the end of 2002 was uh, Ray Ordonez. You guys were such a great tandem together, whether on the left or the right side. You know, it was a pleasure to watch you guys work the field, uh, especially with. Robin Ventura as well, and John Olerud. And this month is the anniversary of the Sports Illustrated magazine, and I still have it to this day. Uh, the greatest uh, infield ever, you yep. guys. And, uh, One of the best. One of the best. Uh, I keep this one near and dear to my heart. You know, what was that whole run for you guys like uh, being the um, – uh, just being the best infield ever and that run you went on uh, that errorless streak well f- first of all you know it was really really hard to take ray out of miami to go to that ceremony i told him ray you know it's gonna be me man uh say oh my god but come on i, I need you i need you with me there so he finally made the decision go went to uh to the to uh to my inducted my inducted so um you know that was uh that was something else. I mean, that 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 didn't feel was uh, it was so special. I mean, I, thought, I think we um, uh, Cookie Roja was the infield coordinator by then, and I think I think we we did something special uh, that year. Then the team was so so together, uh, the especially the infield. We we did we did games during the batting practice. You know, when we when when Robbie was in third base, Ray and, and Shore, me and second, all of them first, and then the the third. The third group was hitting. We 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 was doing like a live game, you know. Roll ground ball to to Robin, ground ball to me, ground ball to whatever. Turn ball play. Let's play. Let's play like a game. At least for uh, you know, at least for like two or three rounds, and that's it. And I think you know that's important because I know how far you can go to get this ball, how far you can do it, and how many. How do you like the throw from third base? How do you like the throw from first base and stuff like that? You know, I think the communication was really really good. So we worked so good in that and that and the confidence. It was tremendous. So, so you know, when 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 you hear the other team when they get to to when they play against the Mets by then, you you hear players for the other team saying, "Listen, we gotta hit it. We gotta you gotta keep the ball in the air because through the infield, if you ground balls, they're gonna go through it." So when you hear people talking like that, say, "Wow, we do something. What an impact we're doing." So you know, it feels pretty good. And then and then you know, there's uh, a Sport Illustrated hits us, and then you know, shoot them with the uh, with the uh, best infield. That was that was the confident levels went up more and more and more. Yeah, that's one of my uh, memorabilia items that uh, I can never give up. Uh, I love that magazine. 
And I have he, a, I have a, I have I have a mine over there. It's beautiful, here. nicely framed and everything. <laughs> beautiful. Oh man, yeah. Edgardo, it was such a pleasure uh, speaking with you today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, I, I I didn't even expect you to message me back. I I just have always appreciated your work and what you've done for this team. And um, just congratulations on everything and being in the Hall of Fame and and having such a wonderful career with the New York Mets. So uh, let everyone know what you're up to these days. Well, um, I'm um, I'm gonna go to, uh, to Venezuela. I'm uh, uh, gonna be a manager this year with uh, Tiburones de la Guaira and Winterball. Uh, we're gonna start in October. Last year I was doing uh, the Ferry Hawks in uh, Staten Island. Uh, looking forward to get back to uh, organized baseball again. And then this is the passion that I have, and I think you know it's something that I learned to do, it and I like to uh, keep doing it to you know to whoever knows when. But uh, that's my goal. That's my goal. So right now I'm in. Florida, I moved to Florida, um, having a great time here and, um, you know, enjoy the weather. And then, um, like I said, uh, still involved in baseball. And I, I like baseball. I learned baseball and that's what I do. So, so, um, so I'm going to be, uh, like I say, winter ball this year and be ready and see what happens for next year. Well, you can follow Edgardo on Instagram at EAlfonso13 and Twitter, X, whatever they call you now, at Fonzie9. Uh, Edgardo, once again, thank you so much. I hope we can do this again sometime. Thank you, Anthony. So thanks so much for your time and uh you know so long man that was a garter alfonso 2000 national league champion mets hall of famer and one of the greats of these mets franchise i hope you enjoyed this episode we'll wrap it up there great conversation with him and um you can follow subway to shay on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Subway to Shea. Listen, subscribe to the Subway to Shea podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Turn on your notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. You can rate the show and leave comments for me to review. Subway to Shea is also on YouTube. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you can get all the notifications and updates from my channel. You can also leave comments and a huge thumbs up if you enjoy or thumbs down if you didn't enjoy. But I assume you're going to really enjoy this episode but you know it was really fun with Edgardo speaking with him I really enjoyed it I love that 99 2000 group and as you've seen in the past you've listened to my interviews with Bobby Valentine Turk Wendell who was a lot of fun and also Glendon Rush who we're going to have uh, back on the, the show again at some point don't forget to follow my work for Rising Apple Rising Apple's a New York Mets site on the fan side network you can read my articles by going to risingapple.com make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter at Rising Apple blog and the fan sided network at fan sided thank you everyone for tuning in for anthony rivera this is the subway to shea podcast